Episode 23 of the podcast Forgotten Sons of Flamenco will be very special because of our protagonist's importance in the history of flamenco. We will dedicate it to Don Francisco Amate, an amateur flamenco singer and guitarist that recorded some non-commercial wax singers at the beginning of the 20th century. Probably they are the only samples we have of how flamenco was sung before commercial recordings appeared. Sounds that once were listened. Sounds that once were enjoyed. Sounds that once were danced. Sounds relegated to oblivion. And yet, there is still something we can do for them. Let us summon them. Let us summon them. Welcome to the podcast Forgotten Sounds of Flamenco. My name is Jose Miguel Hernandez Jaramillo, and I invite you to enroll in this journey through the sounds, stories, spaces, and people that were part of the 19th century flamenco. Hello, and thank you so much for being listening a new episode of the podcast for Grand Sounds of Flamenco. The topic I will discuss in this episode is extraordinary and exciting for me, because today the protagonist is one of those anonymous people who have never appeared in flamenco histories, who unintentionally has become more than one century after his death, he became a figure of tremendous relevance for understanding the flamenco in its early stages, as we will see now. I am referring to Don Francisco Amate Salazar, an Andalusian who has to go into the exile until he ended up more than 9,000 kilometers from his country. Amate was an amateur flamenco singer. I wonder if he dedicated himself to singing professionally. He sang flamenco as well as other songs and zarzuela arias, accompanying himself on the guitar. His voice has transcended because it was recorded in wax cylinders in the first decade of the 20th century. In the previous episode, we already heard a couple of his songs, some jaleos, and we will listen to some more songs in this one. Well, let's start from the beginning. Very little is known about the Francisco Mate's life. He was born in Granada, Spain, in the 1950s. The exact year is still unclear. It could be 1851 or 1857. He joined the Carlist movement in his youth. The Carlists were a political movement that promulgated a more traditional, absolutist, monarchical regime as opposed to liberalism. Between the 1830s and mid-1870s, they tried to fight for the Spanish crown to go into the hands of Charles, brother of Ferdinand VII, or some of his descendants, even with warlike confrontations. The last secured in 1876 after the ascension of Alfonso XII to the throne, and the Carlists were defeated. I mention all this because Francisco Mate left Spain, and perhaps one of the reasons was the Carlist defeat and the persecution of his followers that must have occurred. It must also be clarified on what date he could have left Spain. I thought he could have left Spain just after this Carlist defeat in 1876, but there is one fact that does not add up to me, which is that one of the songs that Tamates recorded, the Tango de la Menegilda from the Zarzuela La Gran Vía, which was premiered in 1886. If he sang this song, he had to listen to it, and the question remains whether he was still in Spain at that time or if he heard it abroad, for example in Mexico or other American country where this zarzuela was also very popular. 
The fact is that when we have news of Amate is from 1903 when he arrived to the port of Los Angeles, California from Australia. There was a meeting with Charles Fletcher Lamis, a writer and historian, and also an activist in favor of the rights of the native population of the United States. According to Lamis, he found Amates in the port of Los Angeles recently arrived with a guitar and a bundle of clothes. That was all Amates' belongings at that time. Lamis invited him to his house to sing at an event, and from there Amates asked Lamis to stay there in exchange for working on house maintenance. In those years, Lamis undertook a mission to record songs and chants of indigenous peoples and others who remembered the songs when California was still part of Mexico. He was worried because this cultural legacy was disappearing, and in a short time it would disappear completely. To do this, he also acquired a wax cylinder recording phonograph in addition to hiring people to make shit music transcription of these songs. He recorded hundreds of cylinders, among them more than 30 songs by Francisco Mate. Before continuing with this story, we will listen to one of these songs, specifically a tango, a flamenco tango from that time, which I have said in other episodes differs from those we currently know in flamenco. It is one of those flamenco palos or songs that underwent a significant transformation at the beginning of the 20th century. Francisco Mate lived in El Alizal, the name of Lamy's house, for about six years until he died in 1910. During that time, many things happened. For example, Amate was one of the pioneers in undergoing surgery of cancer, in which part of his stomach was removed. In 1909, he married Elena Campo, another Lamy's domestic employee, with whom he had a daughter he never met because he died from colon cancer a few weeks before the girl was born. I don't have time here to tell more stories of Amate. In any case, if any screenwriters or film producers are listening to this podcast, here is a really good story to make a movie. And how was my encounter with this legacy of Amate? Well, in 2008, I was living in Pasadena, Los Angeles, and I found out from a group called Los Californios about the existence of a petenera from Amate that they sang. At that time, I was doing my master's dissertation in advanced flamenco studies, and my dissertation topic was the peteneras. For months, I tried to locate information about where these amateur recordings were located. Still, I found a clue when I finally found that they were kept in the Brown Research Library in Los Angeles, a place really close to where I live and where I used to pass by very often when I was driving home on Highway 110. In March 2009, I contacted the archive to arrange a visit, and its director, King Walters, kindly assisted me and allowed me to listen to this recording in a copy on cassettes. You can imagine the emotion I had when I heard these sounds for the first time. 
That deep voice of Amate singing the peteneras, and the sensation of hearing for the first time the music contained in scores from the 1870s and 80s that I have been analyzing for so many years. But I had never heard the music sung by someone, not even in the first flamenco recordings that petenera style were sung. The petenera that got crazy half Spain. I was so shocked and excited that I remember leaving the archive and going to the parking, jumping until I reached my car. Maybe someone passing by would think that I was crazy. And really, I was at that moment. Well, let's listen one of these peteneras that Amate recorded. The petenera was the most recorded song by Amate. He recorded four cylinders with peteneras. <laughs> After months of analyzing these recordings by Francisco Amati, I was able to corroborate the first impression I had when I listened to them which is that we are in a time capsule, a window that allows us to listen to the sounds of the 19th century flamenco, a repertoire that predates the appearance of the phonographic recordings. What Amati is singing does not correspond to when he recorded it, between 1904 and 1907, but to some decades before. Perhaps because of his exile from Spain, he had no more contact with the songs that were became fashionable in Spain, and he kept in his memory a repertoire from when he had to leave Spain. Thus, in addition to singing some peteneras that were already out of fashion in 1904, he also sings jaleos, which, as we saw in the previous episode, were practically out of style at the beginning of the 20th century. We are now listening to another of Amate's recordings, in this case, Sevillanas. These amateur recordings were also fundamental as they allowed me to corroborate the reliability with which the composers captured flamenco music in the scores in the last decades of the 19th century. The scores contain what Amate is singing. I am referring to musical structures since the score simplifies the sonorous reality made at the description of the person who transcribes it. At that time, I had been thoroughly researching this 19th century score for 12 years. Still, it was not clear for me if the composer included in their works the song that the people sang or they added their creation, as would happen decades later with musicians such as Joaquin Turina or Manuel de Falla. I already had enough indications that the former was the case and that the scores were faithfully to the popular songs. Still, these recordings by Amater were a solid indication to support this hypothesis. A few years later, together with Lenica Reyes and thanks to the methodology we defined for the analysis of musical structures based on paradigmatic analysis, 
we were able to confirm the hypothesis that the scores of the 19th century faithfully reflects popular music, as I mentioned in episode 6 of this podcast. The little we know about Don Francisco Amate or Pancho Amate as he was known in El Alizal came to us from the testimony of Lamis, from the research work of John Kogel, and from the research I have carried out both in archives and by analyzing his repertoire. There is still much to know, so from here I make a call to any descendant of Amate or someone whose surname is Amate and who heard in his family that an ancestor had to leave Spain and play the guitar or sang or something like that, will be very grateful to contact me, please. In future episodes, I will talk more in depth about some topics related to Francisco Amati. I hope you have enjoyed this episode, that you have felt the energy these box cylinders still transmit, and that you have learned more about what and how people sang in the incipient 19th century flamenco. If so, subscribe to this podcast. It is effortless and free, and also a way to support this project that I do with pleasure to share with you some of the beautiful stories of our past that researchers used to find and offer are relegated only to dissertation or scientific articles, where only a minority of the population can enjoy them. Enjoy life and see you here in the next episode.